How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome to Locked on Bucks, presented by brewhoop.com. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Frank Madden from brewhoop.com, and joining me, Yet again is Eric Name of Brewhoop.com. Of course, I'm going to lead with that, but also Milwaukee Magazine and ESPN Milwaukee. Eric, how are you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic, Frank, and I'm very excited for this conversation we're going to have. I love these topics. I think this is going to post on a Friday, and this is like the definition of a fun Friday topic. <laughs> this is, you're going to put down the roof of your convertible. You're going to yeah. be driving to the beach on a beautiful Milwaukee Friday or wherever the heck you live. And you're going to be just blasting this super fun podcast uh, that we're about to serve up for you. What so, do you think is the highest volume anyone's ever played a podcast at? Like a a, on a scale of a hundred, like it's gotta be a, a 60. That's a good question. I've never thought about it because um, you don't really play like most of the time it's going to be headphones like at work working out something like that and you'll probably play it at a respectable volume but someone physically playing a podcast in a vehicle i feel like it can't be above 60 maybe 70 but that seems like a stretch i think it'd be interesting to know if anybody listens to our podcast in groups or like (laughs) let's say more than one person like is there anybody out there is there any pair of people who care enough about our opinions of the Milwaukee Bucks that they are in situations where they actually listen to these podcasts Oh, my gosh. Someone leave that in the comments. Leave that as a review on iTunes. I'm so fast. Podcast listening as a whole fascinates me, but that's a super interesting take. If you have a Locked on Bucks buddy, let us know. Yes. We think it'd be interesting. Um, (laughs) How did we get sidetracked on that? (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I will say this. I do listen to basketball podcasts with my wife in the car. She actually subscribes to basketball podcasts. And very very occasionally we will listen to the Brew slash Locked on Bucks podcast. It has happened, okay? I like to hear them to make sure that they sound okay. And she actually actually doesn't mind because she's a trooper. And we listen to low post and the starters. And yeah, some of the I'll, I'll download – like if I know I, I have a pretty regular commute and I'll listen to stuff in the car, like that that's fine with me. Yeah. Okay. So last time we left off, um, we were talking about – we had a question uh, about why we were negative on MCW. And we were debating, are we actually negative about MCW? Uh, are we are we fair to MC, MCW? And of course, uh, being the obviously we people are that fair. we are, we of course decided that we were fair, and we listed about you know the, all these reasons why we're not super negative on MCW, and talked a little bit about why uh, MCW is, is is probably viewed negatively in in maybe some unfair ways because of just you know the the artifact of the trade that brought him here, and you know just the baggage of all that. But anyway. Putting that aside for a moment, it, it kind of ins- inspired us to talk a little bit about and, and reflect, I guess, on 
Eric and my views of the team and how we discuss players and you know we try to be respectful obviously of players abilities and and their <laughs> fundamental humanity as people and and you know understand that they're professionals and they're highly trained and they all work very hard at what they do uh, but we were discussing like well who would if we had to pick somebody that we are maybe more negative on than they deserve to be or more positive on or more positive on than than they deserve to be like do we have anybody like that and so i've been i've been kind of going back and forth on this i'm going to i'm going to throw it to you first eric do you have somebody on the bucks and I guess we can start with the current roster, but I suppose if we can't think of anybody good from the current roster, you can think about somebody from the last year or two. Is there somebody that you feel like you've been overly negative or or overly positive on? I would say regular readers and regular listeners of podcasts would probably say I'm a little bit too negative on Giannis. Um, I like to think that I expect the best out of Giannis and expect him to be a star one day. So I, maybe I'm a little bit hotter than, on him than I should be. I have been called a Giannis hater before, which just seems ridiculous. But um, that one's kind of not serious. I would go with the two isses off the bench uh, from last season. Uh, Damian Inglis was never really a fan of his game. I didn't really get it. And I had a number of people tell me that I should get it. And I just never did. And I would say that probably colored my opinion of him throughout the season. Um, And things just never really got better uh, for him. So I would go with Damian Inglis as one. And then I think Tyler Ennis, too, mainly because I still don't really comprehend how he was effective after the All-Star break, just because he's just such a strange cerebral type player where he's kind of slow but then he sometimes gets to the rim and he's a shooter that sometimes can't shoot and he's kind of a point guard but might be better off but I don't know he just confuses me on the whole and I think that confusion probably leads me to be a little bit more negative on him than I should be that's fair so I would say for myself some of the guys that I've been I think the most interesting guy probably is Jared Bayless because I was very negative on him in his first year. And I don't know if I was unfairly negative. Yeah. But then I think part of me then was almost overly positive on him last year. Like I was so pleased that he actually was shooting (laughs) so well from the outside that his sort of defensive issues, I almost sort of just glossed over. And maybe part of it is just because the whole team had defensive issues. But I feel like Bayless was the guy I kind of swung back and forth the most on. Um, even though I didn't like fundamentally love his game, I kind of just liked the fact that he seemed to be able to get out of the way for Giannis in the second half of last year and make three pointers. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, and he's a pro. Everybody likes Bayless kind of off the court, you know, says nice things about him. So maybe I kind of went back and forth on Bayless the most of anybody. Um, I think the guy that I was maybe most irrationally um, in favor of, and of course I'm going to say this, and then I'll immediately tell you why it actually was totally rational but i feel like the guy that i had the most the weirdest sort of positive feelings towards was can you guess uh, he has an avuncular nickname eric can you guess who i'm about to go with nope i got nothing i have no idea uncle juice himself oj mayo uh currently serving a two-year suspension from the nba 
Uh, I don't know why. I just like the idea of O.J. Mayo being that, like, crusty uh, vet who tried to pick fights with big dudes who tried to step on the Bucks' younger players. and That head um, pat he gave Draymond Green will forever be one of my most favorite <laughs> moments of a Bucks player. Uh, my, it was incredible. Like, it was so patronizing. It was so disrespectful. And he did it to Draymond Green, and it was perfect. That was after the Bucks lost in Correct. California, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Okay. Um, so OJ, I had a very interesting relationship. Like, I don't, like, I feel like OJ, I should have like disliked because he was, oh, they signed him to this quote unquote a big contract at the time, and you know he was two out of three years, pretty disappointing. But gotta say, the defensive numbers last year, the on-off metrics last year, are really good. Just something about OJ being on the floor kind of just enabled other guys to do well. So that was why I, I feel like I always had a positive view. And it's funny you mentioned Giannis because I was going to say, oh, well, the guy that everybody's always so positive on. I mean, nobody ever has anything negative to say about Giannis because we all love Giannis unconditionally. So I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm – I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty middle of the road. So you're saying as... I'm a Giannis hater, huh? No, no. I just thought it was interesting <laughs> that you even considered yourself a Giannis hater. It's kind of kind of funny. But. Yeah, I don't even know if I do consider myself one. I just think that I'm tough on Giannis. Like, I expect a lot from him, and for that reason, I'm probably a little bit tougher on him than uh, than other players. Well, I hope your your tough love will inspire him to greatness. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was an interesting topic maybe Ooh, it i didn't get to give my positives I, oh you didn't I get your went, positive because you're so on. negative all you talked about were your overly <laughs> negative guys correct i or really i thought we were gonna go negative negative then positive positive but it's all good um i can i can start and finish this uh topic uh guys that i'm positive on i mean come on uh, a bucks game wouldn't go by that i wouldn't get five tweets about j-o-b um <laughs> as a noted j-o-b lover um J.O.B., I think, is one. I think I've been Chris Middleton's greatest defender for a while now, even in, as he struggled at the start of last season. Um, I think I have been pretty squarely in the Chris Middleton is a very good player camp. Um, and then I would uh, I want to say Rashad, Rashad Vaughn, but I just trashed him for an entire podcast this summer, so probably not Rashad anymore. It, it 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 let the record show that a year ago, well, actually less than a year ago, ten months ago at the end of training camp, we had a debate, and I was basically arguing why Damian Inglis might be a pretty good player for the Bucks last season, and you were arguing why Rashad Vaughn was was might be a, a pretty good player for the Bucks. Like, I mean, you know, useful yeah. in sort of the young player sense, and of course, both of them just you know had dumpster <laughs> <What>? fire seasons. <laughs> so, so I think we both took on. <laughs> Both took it on the chin with that one. Um, anyway, interesting topic. I'd be curious. Let, let us know in the comments uh, if, if, who, who you would uh, argue is your irrational love versus irrational hate guy. Oh, yeah, that's um, good. We're asking for so many comments, but I really am very fascinated by, by stuff that is completely subjective. That kind of stuff just fascinates me where uh, there's not really a right answer, and it's like you're being self-critical and – you got to look inside yourself and figure out your opinions and why they're bad or good. Like that's fascinating to me. So I, again, throw it in the comments, throw it in an iTunes review. I don't care where it is. Throw, throw it at me on Twitter. I'll take a look at it. I'm, I'm fascinated. And even tangentially related, I like to point this out anytime I have any excuse, but in the nineties as a kid growing up on the bucks, I was 
100% a big dog guy. And Ooh. I liked Ray Allen, but I don't know. I didn't love Ray Allen. I don't know why. Didn't I, love Ray Allen. I also had a big dog jersey and not a Ray Allen jersey. You know, I, I really enjoyed Ray Allen, but big dog was like my guy that I was just set on him becoming the franchise savior. Yeah. And even though he clearly did not become that, I was just so vested in him that he was the guy I just, for some reason, rooted for, even though Ray Allen was more entertaining, you know, better in pretty much every way. We didn't really have the advanced analytics stuff to, to kind of hammer that advantage yeah. that he had home, which would have been interesting, I think, to to have that back then. Because uh, at the time, obviously, as especially as a kid, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to, you know, think about metrics that hadn't been invented yet to measure efficiency so similarly uh, showing my age as well i was like all in on bogut even even in those like first couple years where like he was good but he wasn't all nba third team center andrew bogut uh i I was all in on bogut and completely convinced that he was a star i don't know if i was completely convinced that bogut was a star bogut was my guy he was my favorite player on those teams, uh, even after he blocked me on Twitter, uh, because <laughs> he again he was the number one pick. You gotta, yeah. you know, you gotta yeah. like, the number one pick guys. You kind of feel vested in. You, you can't like just from like a franchise embarrassment standpoint. You can't like, turn you on that want, guy. You just want those guys to succeed because there's just so much at stake. But anyway, putting that one aside, uh, we have another question that I think is is pretty interesting. Uh, and the, actually, two questions that are sort of related. So our own Aaron Johannes uh, put this question out there, which I thought was a really fun one, which is, if you could give one Bucks player a desired basketball skill, three-point shot, defense, grit, etc., what would it be and why? And then Liam Garbin asked a sort of related question, which is, is it more important for Jabari to become a better three-point shooter slash floor spacer or better defender next season if you had to pick one? So kind of... You know that's kind of like the obvious Jabari centric view of that question. So let's be comprehensive, Eric. Uh, every, every player, we're doing every player. We're going to do every player, and then we're going to get to pick one, and we're going to pick the skill. Okay. So let's just—I've got the, the 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 cap sheet here. I'm going to use that. I will follow uh, you. So let's start with with the top. We'll go in in terms of uh, you know basically start with the the highest salary guys. Greg Monroe. This is probably pretty straight. What what skill would you want Greg Monroe to have? See, this is I'm, is defense as a whole a skill, or is it defensive instincts, defensive ability, whatever? Let's it may say be. like, yeah. I mean, I would just say like rim protection or something like that. Sure. I mean, let's, let's be like kind of specific, yes. right? All right. Let's say, let's say rim protection, and yeah, I think if if, if Greg Monroe was a good rim protector, uh, we would not be talking about trading him right now, and the Bucks would probably be have very very much higher ambitions than, than they might otherwise have. Yes, um, I'm down with so that. That one's pretty straightforward. This the next one's kind of interesting. Chris Middleton. What skill would you want to give Chris Middleton? Ooh. Hmm. Can I give him elite two-guard quickness? Sure. Is that a skill? Is that specific enough? Because uh, yeah. I think that would be kind of next level for him. I think there's times uh, obviously he uses long arms his athletic ability etc to be able to guard threes and fours but i think there's times where he's not quite quick enough to wriggle through the screens and stay with twos and if you give him that elite two yard quickness man he he becomes from a very good 
almost borderline great defensive player at this point to Kawhi Leonard? See, it's interesting because you were thinking quickness defensively. I'm actually not that worried about his defense. I actually was going to say, you know, a better Ooh. first step or yeah, no, you're right. Lead explosiveness on the offensive. It end helps both think, ways. Yeah, because I think if he has a, a, a better first step, because I think it, it's kind of a few things. Like his his ball handling has become much better, but I think it's kind of a combination of like handle. Like Chris is not a guy in the open court who is gonna just go one on two and he's. No. I mean, maybe we're just spoiled with Giannis and Jabari, Jabari to extent, but he's not a guy who's got. Uh, kind of a tremendous sort of combination of of handle and burst and you know wriggle kind of you know in his game so i I don't know pick something in that i'd probably go for something along the lines of of his explosion because i think if he was a more explosive player i think we'd be talking about him as you know a a potential superstar type player but he just doesn't quite have that kind of extra gear which you know he's a good enough shooter he doesn't need it to be to be really good but Anyway, um, and and rocketing up the charts, uh, perhaps unfortunately, to number three on the Bucks salary list very soon. Miles Plumley. What skill would you want to give Miles Plumley? Oh, that is a tough one. Um, I guess he's a good rim runner. Um, can, can I take four years off his body? Is that? <laughs> Is, that's that's probably not a skill. Um, I thought you were going to say take four years off his contract. But okay. <laughs> what can I do that to? No. Um, uh, let's, right. let's, let's go with um, what about elite rim protection? Okay, I was going to say because it's sort of weird. Like I feel like his rim protection can be okay. I feel like his bigger problem is more his kind of positional defense and sort of reading of of the defense. So I'd probably go either that or just say like make him an elite defensive rebounder because mm, yeah. let's be honest if he was an elite defensive rebounder um that would be a huge asset to the bucks um yeah my big thing is like when i think of like elite room protectors i just have all these visions of him doing his like two-handed volleyball blocks <laughs> at the rim and then i'm just like man how is he kind of can protect the rim but it's i don't know let's move on uh the other half of uh, the center two-headed monster frustrating guys who are now on four-year contracts, John Henson. What skill would you want to give John Henson? To be and clear, his... I can't move his hips down five inches. <laughs> that's not something I can do. That's not a skill, no, that's not right? Um, well, then I guess related to that is he doesn't put on enough weight. So I guess the ability to handle the beating of a larger NBA center. So he could actually be a five. Well, okay. I, I would say something like if, if I was going to pick, you know, the, the motor, uh, addition for anybody on the, Ooh. on the roster, I'd probably say Henson. Um, I mean, he seems to play well when guys try to push him around cause then he gets kind of angry. Uh, <laughs> and he's usually just not angry enough. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, Henson, he protects the rim. I don't know. I'm not even that worried about his offense. I mean, we could say like, oh, if he could shoot free throws or shoot yeah. mid-range jumpers, that would be great, right? I mean, obviously. I was just trying to figure out how to say positional defense, like, yeah, because his rim protection is fine, but the other part of his defense leaves some to be desired. Maybe it's elite defensive rebounding. That would probably be it. Yeah, I think. I mean, him having if he was like if we could give him 
Al Horford's mid-range jump shot, I think Ooh. we would be much happier consumers of John Henson, the NBA basketball player as well. Yeah. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, just him being 100% engaged and playing with focus, yes. that's kind of a weird, annoying, you know, thing to say in some ways because um, I don't know what goes on in John Henson's head or, or whatever yeah. but it does seem like his issues might not be so much physical as as just being able to kind of consistently apply himself so anyway hopefully hopefully that, that that's actually something that could happen we're yeah. not talking really about a skill um, Mirza Toledovic we haven't seen him in a Bucks uniform yet but obviously we know something about his game what, what would you want to add to Mirza Toledovic's game uh, defense seems too general um the ability to cover fours is that a skill sure we're it, it's our world here it's our we're, we're taking this question however we want, competent so. defense yeah uh, I, th- I feel like we have to be we have to be a little more specific than just good defense so then i guess let's say the ability oh can you narrow this skill down for me i'm trying to figure out what it would be like um i mean he's I think the scouting report on him is that he's not easy to post up. I mean, he's pretty strong. Yeah. Um, maybe it's more like just lateral quickness or something like that. Um, sure. He's also a really bad defensive rebounder. So I think that could also... Actually, you know what? I was looking at this the other day. He's not as terrible as you might think on the defensive boards. He's not good, but he's he could definitely be better there. Part of the issue is he gets no offensive rebounds because he's a floor spacer. Yeah. Um, but I would say maybe, you know, if he was like a really good defensive rebounder or just a, obviously a guy who moved his feet a lot better, that would, that would probably be a good thing. Yes, I think both of those, I'll, I'll, either of those skills would be fine with okay. me. Um, the next one is an important one, Jabari Parker. And I've been making you go the first time. So I'll, I'll go the first first this time and then you can pick a much better one than, okay. than I pick. Uh, since we can't just say... Jabari Parker, and this was the question, you know, the, the original question we got from from Liam. The obvious ones would be, okay, make him a good three-point shooter or uh, make him a good defender. For defense, since we just said we, we have to be more specific, I would say make him be a good help defender or, I don't know, just put Jared Dudley's defensive brain in his body yep. and I would be much happier. Um, I would probably choose that over three-point shooting just because I think he might actually become a pretty solid three-point shooter regardless. Um, and as I'm going through this exercise, I'm thinking about it more from the perspective of skills that this guy like may never develop. So I would probably pick something defensively. Uh, I would, and, I, and he needs to become a better defensive rebounder as well, but I would probably choose something like help defense or defensive awareness or something like that because I think he's okay at, at man defense already. Yeah, I would say defensive awareness is a good one. Three-point shooting is a good one. I may also I'd have to look at the numbers more, but I, I believe he was a relatively inefficient shooter off the dribble. Um, so I would take maybe a, a pull-up jumper as a skill because as much as he likes to take those, it would be nice if he made them a, at a higher clip. Okay, I I think he's going to be able to do that. So I I wouldn't pick that one, but you know, to to each his own. No wrong answers here, Eric. Um, next one is our favorite player, Michael Carter Williams. Better decision making. Is that too general? It can be. No, I, no. I think that. I mean, I think because I think I think that's the biggest skill he needs to develop, and and that's both offensive and defense. If he makes better decisions offensively, I think he's a better player. Probably doesn't force as many shots, and just is general 
just generally better there. And defensively, those lapses that I complained about on the last podcast, those tend to disappear a little bit, and then you have uh, a more trustworthy defender, if that's the word, the, uh, a guy that you know is going to handle his assignments every single night. Okay, I think you're kind of cheating a little bit because you're giving a guy two-way skills. Fine, but I will go the, the more obvious route and say uh, a three-point jump shot. Give me give me thirty five percent on on you know four three pointers a game from Michael Carter Williams and I would be a super thrilled Milwaukee Bucks fan. Then I'll just take defensive decision making. If he could be an elite wing defender, I'm down with that. And I think okay. better decision making makes him an elite. Wing yeah, defender. see, and I and I would have actually if I was going to say decision making, I would have said offensive decision making just because I think he's closer to being an elite defensive player as is, but. An interesting guy because I think you know, as we were saying, lots of different opinions, and I think one of the interesting things about MCW is that you know some people think of him as like a great passer and playmaker, and then others of us are like, been pretty disappointing in that regard. Doesn't really <laughs> get easy buckets for guys. Anyway, not to dwell on that, not to go back into our MC hating mode, MCW hating mode. Uh, Giannis Adetokounmpo, this one. I mean, what else could you say other than three-point shooting? Is yeah. there anything else that you would say? I, I don't know if I really have another answer. Uh, You're a Giannis hater, Eric. We've established this. Oh, let's see. What do I all hate about him? Uh, no, uh, I guess maybe the other one would be, and I guess this is kind of a dream world, but the ability, I guess the strength to cover fives. <laughs> like, I like it. I dig it. I dig it. Right? Like, that would be the other one. That would be kind that of be, interesting. That would be crazy. That would be right? cra- If Giannis was just, like, a center, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. That would be pretty awesome. And, I mean, it's there have been plenty of centers who've been, you know, 6'11", 225, or whatever he officially measures out at right now. Yeah. He looks like he has to be 230-plus at this point. He looks way too big to be 6'11", and not be over 230 pounds, which... Um, He's an enormous human being. Um, God, it's so nice talking about Giannis, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it really okay. is. <laughs> Moving on to a man who uh, is is has been less enjoyable to talk about, <laughs> Rashad Vaughn. What skill would you want to give Rashad Vaughn? I think I know what you're going to say, and I think that is what I would say as well. Are you actually going to say it? Go, Eric. What are you going to say about Rashad Vaughn? Oh, I don't know what you think I'm going to say. We just said it. We had a whole podcast where we said it. Yeah, but... He also can't finish at the rim. Um, but I'll go elite three-point shooting. Okay. Done. Sign, seal, delivered. The one thing he has to do, be an elite three-point shooter. Yep. Or be, just be a good three-point shooter. You know? I prefer elite. Tyler Ennis. You already talked about Tyler Ennis a little bit. The the often forgotten Tyler Ennis. Um, I gave Middleton elite two-guard quickness. I would like to give Tyler Ennis elite point-guard quickness. Fair. Because I think he does. I, will, I think he does everything else fine. I will say, I don't know if I. I don't know if elite three point shooting is too much of an upgrade. Hmm. But if he was like a forty percent, thirty eight to forty percent three point shooter on high volumes, which it, maybe that could happen at some point, um, I think that would make him really, really useful. Um, and as you said, his his quickness is kind of weird because like he doesn't. He's not that athletic, but sometimes he can get cut by guys. It's strange. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, and then we've got only two guys left, and they are the rookies. And so I think this is kind of an interesting conversation, obviously, because we haven't really seen them play 
significant minutes in the NBA level. Let's start with the Bucks' first first round pick, Thon Maker. What skills would you imbue Thon Maker with? The strength to cover fives. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been I've I've often my, my running theme on Thon Maker is that his biggest value would be if he can become a stretch five. Yeah. So I I totally buy into that because I think I mean look your best three players are a shooting guard, a small forward, and a power forward, or you could argue three small forwards who play those three different <laughs> positions in games. Yeah, that's probably more accurate. Uh, so if Thon's going to be a major minute guy or a closer guy at some point, and those guys are all around, it would make sense that Thon would have to defend centers. And obviously, you know, from what we saw in Vegas, he's not there yet physically. So does he need to add 20 pounds to do that? I don't know. Hopefully, it's it's something that they that he can do. I think the Bucks believe he can add weight. That's something they've said, something that they thought was very important, especially in the context when people were asking about his age. And you know, they seem to be confident that he can add weight, regardless. So, uh, so I think that's that's uh, a pretty good one. I don't know. I mean, there there are a lot of other areas. Obviously, I mean, we you there know, are. It's, it's, it's I mean, he hit six of nineteen threes in summer league, so it's not like he's uh, a, a knockdown shooter or something like that. I think that would be the other obvious one is to yep. say, uh, give him, you know, the consistent three point shooting ability, which maybe he'll develop on his own, but we're not sure. So I think those two are the obvious ones, you know, strength and ability to play center, uh, and, uh, and a knockdown three point shot. I mean, you could say, obviously like I'll give him like an incredible post game or something like that, which he clearly doesn't have. But I think as far as like getting on the court and being a good NBA player, which I think when you look at the moves the Bucks have made and kind of you know, pretty much locking themselves into some close iteration of the current roster for the next few years. Yeah, uh, they're going to need Thon Maker to actually be pretty good if they're going to, you know, kind of be a really high ceiling team. So indeed, they are. Hopefully, he'll he'll do both of those things and make us very happy. Uh, and lastly, we have another one. We skipped him. What well, other than Malcolm Brogdon? Did he, I skip somebody? He's down under. Oh. I totally glossed over him. Let's go to Malcolm Brogdon first, and then um, we can we can hit uh, the the newest member of the Bucks Aussie Brigade. I guess we have two technically now. But Malcolm Brogdon, what skill would you give Malcolm Brogdon? Hmm, this one's tough. Um, it's really easy for me. Really? Um, really. Uh, elite wing defense. I see. I think he'll probably be a. a I'm not saying he'll be an elite wing defender, but I feel like he'll be at least a decent defender. I guess what I've said elite so, wing defense a couple times, and I feel that I can always play elite wing defense. I don't know if I can always play like an elite three point shooter. Like it can be an elite three point shooter, not get on the floor. I don't think you can be an elite wing defender and not get on the floor. Well, but I mean, to me, Brogdon's going to be competent defensively. Yeah, regardless, which is fair. Right. And so I think watching him, you know, knuckle up those little those three point shots uh, in summer league. Struck enough fear in my heart about his kind of potentially not great or not translatable three point shooting and, and shooting from college, which was good in college. So I would say if he can become a a good three point shooter, uh, that would kind of guarantee him being a, a pretty good you know rotation player type guy. Maybe something more, right? Obviously, he I think showed the ability to handle the ball. So uh, anyway. The man that I skipped over for conscious or unconscious reasons, I don't have anything really against Matthew Delvadova, to be clear. <laughs> uh, but Matthew Delvadova, who I saw on Twitter tonight, hit like kind of a game clinching shot for Australia yeah. tonight. 
It was a jumper inside the arc, even. So that's kind of stepping yeah. up his comfort zone. Uh, Matthew Delavadova, what skill would you want to give Matthew Delavadova? Oh, this is tough. Uh, I guess I'll give him some elite point guard quickness because then he doesn't. Oh, but then if he gets that, does his grit disappear because he doesn't have to work as hard? Um, ooh, this is really tough. I'll, I'll stay with that, even though I'm very wary of the grit disappearing. <laughs> you can. I feel like you can't take the grit out of, out of Matthew Delvadova. But you know he's just such a hard worker. He's a he's a coach's son. Uh, he has high, he has high IQ. Um, what other he's, white guy analogy? What he, he is he is the John Wayne toilet paper of the Milwaukee Bucks roster. Do you know what John Wayne toilet paper is, Eric? No, I have no idea. Okay, he's rough. He's tough. And he doesn't take shit off anything. <laughs> Dang so, it! That's really good. Yeah, I don't know if it's good, but you know it's a a bad joke that I will use on Matthew Delvadova. <laughs> uh, and I, and I suppose we don't have to like list this podcast as containing explicit language or something like that. That's but, on you, Frank. <laughs> that's all on me. Uh, Delvadova. Yeah. I guess I would say quickness. Quickness is a good one. You know, I would have to translate offensively and defensively. Um, but again, the funny part about Delvadova is I'm just do what you did previously. Just make three pointers muck it up defensively and that's fine and you don't have to be a star you don't have to be anything special. i'm trying to think what that skill is like don't screw it up don't, um just don't screw up <laughs> um okay so we've gone through the whole bucks roster which may have been interesting or not interesting at all uh i hope let us know in the comments we're, we're just oh yeah we're gonna this have is the biggest comment section that we've had in a while yeah give us your give us your your big ones pick your favorites uh for what skills you would give to to various bucks players uh but now we have to pick one because that was the original question from our guy aaron uh pick one player and one skill and which one would it be i want to give Giannis Adetokounmpo a three-point shot i think giving him a three-point shot means that he is he is one heck of a basketball player and one would think that means he's automatically a top three to five nba basketball player um so that's gonna be mine sorry the the idea of Giannis being a top three to five overall player just sort of washed over me (laughs) enjoy it it's just really nice to think about that possibility. We've never, I mean, I mean, unless you were around to watch Kareem slash Luel Cinder, you haven't, you haven't had that in Milwaukee, right? No. I mean, uh, yeah, that's that would be awesome. Yeah. So I totally, I totally respect that uh, that pick. I think Giannis with a three point shot is absolutely insane, uh, and and would be. Uh, just give him all the money. Just give him all the money ever. <laughs> and you still aren't giving him enough. And you still aren't giving him enough. Um, I will be the contrarian, and I will invest my uh, magic skill wish in Jabari Parker, and I will wish for. Well, since since we were throwing around giving guys elite skills, yeah. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna give Jabari Parker elite team defense okay that's what i'm giving jabari parker um and i think i guess the interesting thing is you picked the sort of skill that made sort of one player a complete outlier superstar 
whereas I chose to give a skill to Jabari so that he could basically be, you know, increase his upside, but, you know, and, and give him maybe more of that sort of superstar type upside. So I, I guess the it, takeaway is we're both trying to make Jabari and Giannis as good as possible. I, I think that's a fascinating question too. Like, is it better if Giannis is top three to five and Jabari never develops any of that other stuff and is like, I don't know what, I don't even know what that would be if he's a, he's a top 30 or something like top that. 30, top 40. And or is it better if we don't give Giannis that skill and he's probably 10 to 20 in Jabari with that defense? That's probably 10 to 20 as well. Like it, that's a, it's an interesting thing to think about and hopefully interesting for you guys because I think it's fascinating. I, I think I could live with both of those scenarios. Same here. <laughs> both of those scenarios would be just, just fine with me. Um, and I think Giannis can be a top 10 player with you know a 32% well. three-point shot or a 30% three-point shot. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I, I desperately want uh, training camp and the regular season to get here as soon as possible. So You we'll mean see. you're not looking forward to August? Mm, not, not a ton. <laughs> uh, although... And, you know, and we don't even have. Well, we do. We'll have Matthew Delvadova in the Olympics. So yeah, we got that to look forward to. Canada didn't make it. No, Canada did not make it. Oh. Unfortunately, despite the best efforts of uh, of Tyler Ennis. So That's sad. anyway, we hope that was vaguely amusing. Let us know in the comments. I think we've solicited the comments enough in this in we this have. podcast. But, but let us know in the comments. We haven't solicited. We haven't asked for enough reviews. I we haven't asked that. for enough reviews. So. First off, click the iTunes link, give us a five-star review, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. That's fine. Yeah. Um, we, we keep talking about doing shout-outs. We're going to do some more shout-outs on uh, reviews because we've had some really good ones. We really appreciate it. Uh, subscribe via RSS through your favorite podcasting app or obviously on iTunes. Do both. Download many apps and subscribe to us through all of them. That would be great. And we will be back with very very soon uh more podcasts uh and hopefully hopefully we'll have at least some breaking news right like it'd be cool like let, let's let's go get the Giannis 138 million dollar five-year max lined up no options yeah let's get let's get an excuse to talk about Giannis let's do that this summer I don't care that it will cap the bucks out next summer I don't care I don't care Eric just do it this is the <laughs> this is the roster let's not let's not let's not you know delude ourselves into thinking the bucks are going to have some wildly different team next year either uh let's just get that locked up and then we can we can podcast about that but in the meantime thanks for listening do all those things we just said give us feedback tweet at us email us us email at us and uh we look forward to hearing from you very soon for eric name i'm frank madden thanks for listening hi you've reached the high fashion hotline hi my family's going to a tailgate and i want our style to stand out from the crowd just go to old navy old navy yep old navy's got all the latest fall styles plus during old navy's colossal sale you'll save up to 50 percent off store-wide did you say up to 50 percent off i did so don't sit on the sidelines old navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks stylish dresses from 15 bucks and comfy tees for the family from just six bucks right now at old navy and oldnavy.com we're cheering for old navy high fashion old navy valid 10 2 to 10 10 select styles only